0: This is AgriPulse Open Bike. I'm your host, Jeff Daly. Our guest this week is Massachusetts 2nd District Representative Jim McGovern. AgriPulse Open Bike is brought to you by Healthy Hives, Bayer's Bee Health Research Initiative. Since 2015, Bayer's Healthy Hives Research Initiative has worked to help beekeepers around the world improve the health of their colonies. AgriPulse Open Bike continues with Congressman Jim McGovern. Next. Healthy Hives, a bee health research initiative led by the Crop Science Division of Bayer and the nonprofit Project IFAS, has been extended through 2023. Launched in 2015. Healthy Hives has funded research projects with academic institutions across the world with one goal in mind, to help beekeepers improve the health of their colonies. With more than $1.8 million in funding support from Bayer, Healthy Hives researchers have conducted projects covering multiple aspects of beekeeping, ranging from nutrition and genetics to hive management. The research conducted under healthy hives could have a dramatic, tangible impact on the future health of pollinators, as well as the viability of beekeeping, both of which are crucial to the world's food supply. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. Massachusetts Representative Jim McGovern serves as an influential member of the House Agriculture Committee and has been a champion for hunger and nutrition programs. McGovern says people and businesses in his district are suffering in the struggling economy. He doesn't think the current COVID aid proposal is nearly enough.
1: People are hurting. Uh, Families are hurting. Businesses are hurting. Farms are hurting. People are hungry. So there's a need to do something right this second. This pandemic has impacted every part of our economy. Uh, It has impacted every single individual in this country. We've never seen the likes of this kind of crisis ever in our lifetime. Uh, and you know, I'm glad that Congress is finally re- is finally responding, but God, it took so goddamn long. You know, and that's unconscionable. I mean, we should we should have passed something a long, long time ago. And by the way, the $600 in direct payments to individuals, I mean, that's not nearly enough. When people have been critical of that, I've said I, I've responded by saying, "You try to negotiate with Mitch McConnell uh, and some of these Republicans in the Senate who didn't want to do anything."
0: No answers that I see in Washington are easy to come by. There's a darned if you do and a darned if you don't situation. You've got people and businesses, restaurants that are in need right now, but you also have a, an, an overwhelming national debt. How do you balance the two?
1: Well, look, we are in the middle of a crisis the likes of which we have never seen in our lifetime. I mean this is this is unprecedented. And so you know we need to make sure that these small businesses uh, and these restaurants uh, cannot can survive. Through these difficult times, look at I live in Massachusetts. We have restaurants, uh, you know, that were barely holding on uh, during the summer months, uh, but they were able to survive because of outdoor dining. But we have winters uh, in Massachusetts. Uh, we've already had a big uh, a snowstorm. People aren't eating outside anymore. These restaurants can't survive simply on takeout, and they need to survive a few more months uh, until things can kind of get back to normal, where where you know where people feel comfortable dining again. So. To, if, if we're not responding to that, if we're not helping them get through these next few difficult months, they're going to go to business permanently. And so when, you know, when people talk about the debt, yeah, we all need to be conscious of the debt. But um, you know, I didn't, you know, but, but the bottom line is we, we have to help people get through this crisis first. You know, I didn't hear the Republicans talking about debt when they passed a huge tax uh, giveaway to billionaires. And I didn't hear them ever talk about debt any time while Donald Trump was president. But now that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are coming into office, all of a sudden, uh, they've all they've all of a sudden found a religion when it comes to the debt. You know, they don't talk about the debt when it comes to Pentagon spending. But when it comes to spending money on people or helping provide survival benefits for people uh, amidst this health pandemic, you know, all of a sudden we hear all this talk about debt. Look, we have to save the economy and, and we have to get through this crisis, get the economy back on its feet. So that these businesses can thrive again. You know, if if the economy gets back on the right track, that is the best way to lower the debt.
0: You have some tremendous responsibility in the 117th Congress as chair of the Rules Committee and also serving on the Agriculture Committee, very influential in nutrition, oversight, and department operations. I was taken aback at Thanksgiving. I spoke with Kerry Coward of Feeding America saying that 15% of Americans or 50 million people were food insecure, and this comes despite stepped-up efforts to try to help that cause. We have a hunger issue.
1: We do have a hunger issue. But let's also be clear, we had a a hunger issue even before this pandemic. And I tell people all the time that hunger is a political condition. And what I mean by that is that we have the money, we have the food, we have the infrastructure. You know, we have the ability to change that reality. What we have lacked is the political will. Uh, And it's always been, uh, you know, a a great frustration uh, for me. And, you know, look, the Trump administration couldn't give a damn about hungry people. Um, but I will even, to be fair, I mean, I was disappointed with the Obama administration's approach to hunger. Uh, I, d- I didn't think it was a big enough priority. And one of the things that I'm asking uh, the new administration to do is to focus on this issue um, in a way where it's a priority. I want them to convene a conference on food, nutrition, and hunger. You know, the first and only White House conference on food and nutrition was held back in 1969 when Richard Nixon was president. Uh, but, you know, food insecurity, uh, and, and health are, are directly correlated. And, uh, and even after the, the uh, even long after this pandemic ends, this country's gonna continue to face structural issues that link hunger to the rising costs of food and, and healthcare, uh, you know, increased diet related illness, illness rates and, and poor nutrition. All this stuff is interrelated. So we, we, we need to, uh, we, we, we need to, We need to prioritize this issue in a way we haven't done. And look, I've also, you know, I've also called for a hunger czar, or my friend Chef Jose Andres has called for a food secretary. Whatever it is, there ought to be a point person in this new administration that uh, that every day gets up and figures out how we deal with this issue, Um, and 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 is is somebody who can bring the various agencies and departments together. Look, we have plenty of food, um, and America is a land of plenty. Uh, farmers are amazing, uh, and, but politicians have been the problem, and we need to, we need to fix that. And, uh, and I think the President of the United States, uh, can play a major role in changing the parameters of the discussion
0: so let 's flesh that out just a little bit with regard to a hunger Czar. I saw the letter that you sent to the to the uh, president elect and and I noted the the phrase of a national strategy to reduce food insecurity. Where does the Czar fit in the pecking order of the cabinets that are in Washington and the people that could be called to action on this issue? What would the yeah. Czar do
1: uh, that person you know should have the authority to be able to work across departments and agencies to help us develop a holistic and comprehensive plan to effectively deal uh, with the issue of food insecurity and hunger in this country. I mean, one of the challenges, and even in Congress, is that, you know, the SNAP program falls under the Agriculture Committee. Then you've got, uh, you know, uh, school meals falls under Ed and Labor. And then we have, you know, various other... Food and nutrition programs that fall under other committees' jurisdictions. So we don't have one committee that just deals only with issues related to hunger and food insecurity. You know, and so you know, congressional committees sometimes have silo mentalities. So do agencies and departments in every administration that I've ever uh, ever seen. So we need somebody who can have the 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 power. Uh, uh, to, uh, to to bring everybody together. Also, this is an issue of awareness. Um, and we need somebody in this administration who will help build a, a, a campaign to raise awareness about the gravity of this issue, but also help build the political will so that we, we have a plan that we can actually uh, get the political support to implement it. Um, th- that's what I am envisioning here. And, you know, and I... Um, You know, sometimes people say to me, "Well, you know, you know that that's a nice thought, but is it practical?" And you know, and you just want to throw more money at this problem. Well, here's here's my response to that. This is not about throwing more money uh, at this problem. Yeah, there's going to be a need to make sure that the benefits like SNAP are actually adequate uh, so that people can actually put food on the table. I mean, as we know, the SNAP benefit is on average about a dollar forty. For a person per meal. I mean, you came and buy a cu- cup of coffee for that. But, you know, but we're going to need to make sure that that is an adequate benefit. But we, we have to look at other things as well. We, we need to look at, uh, uh, you, you know, the, the fact that uh, of those who are eligible to work who are on SNAP right now, the vast majority of them actually do work, but their wages are so low. So, you know, that has to be part of the discussion. We need to make better linkages between food and, and health care. You know, the bottom line is that uh, is that there are billions and billions and billions of dollars that we spend on avoidable, um, you know, uh, healthcare issues uh, because of lack of food or, or bad diets. Uh, you get kids who are hungry who go to school who don't learn in school. That 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 school meal is every bit as important to that child's ability to learn as a textbook or a laptop. Workers who go to work who are hungry are, are less productive. Bottom line is hunger costs America trillions and trillions of dollars. So what I'm, what we we also need to make sure people understand is that, you know, th- you know, this is, to solve this problem, um, is it, not only the right thing to do morally to help people who are struggling with hunger and food insecurity, but if you don't, if you don't care about that and all you care about is the bottom line, you ought to get on the bandwagon with us. Because you can save, you know, uh, taxpayers trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars uh, that, uh, quite frankly, can be directly attributed to the hunger crisis in this country.
0: I noted in the letter you suggested an increase in SNAP benefits from $16 to $30. Congressman, I have to be honest, $30 doesn't sound like a lot of money in this day and age.
1: No, it it isn't a lot of money, um, but the bottom line is um, it is a hell of a lot better than $16. You know, and to solve the hunger crisis in this country uh, and the food insecurity crisis, it is not just about one program. We need to make sure that SNAP works better, right, um, and that it is, uh, you know, that it is a benefit that uh, is more reflective of, of the current uh, economic realities, but, you know, the, the, you know the, I always tell you, to solve this problem, it's, just, it's not just about one program. We, we need a holistic plan. But look, at the height of the Great Recession, in 2009, uh, you know, we, we passed the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act. Uh, you know, and that helped prevent large increases in poverty by increasing the maximum SNAP benefit by, I think it was like 13.5 or 13.6 percent, totaling to about $1.74 per person per meal. Look, that's not a lot but we, we we you know you know what we're doing in this uh, this bill is we're increasing the the SNAP benefit by 15%. Um look, with all that's going on, people should not have to worry about whether they can feed their families. And uh you know small increases uh can um you know can you know are are meaningful. Um and they can go a long way. I'm not saying that this is you know the the the, the ultimate solution to everything, but the bottom line is We need to start moving uh, this program in a direction where it better reflects the economic realities. And, look, I mean, I've been on the Agriculture Committee uh, now for a long time on the Nutrition Subcommittee. And, um, you know, the the couple of things that I have learned is that, one, is that some of the people who are the biggest critics of the program know nothing about the program. Uh, I have colleagues who I'm not even sure I ever talked to anybody who's on SNAP. I have a lot of colleagues who don't know what the average SNAP benefit is. Um, and I have colleagues who, you know, come up with the, the, old, the old tired refrain every time we talk about trying to improve the program, when they say, well, just have them go get a job. Again, I remind them that the majority of people who can work, who are on SNAP, actually do work. So, you know, we, we need to get beyond the, you know, the, the tired old political talking points that have been used to do nothing uh, and understand that this is a huge, huge problem. And, um, and, again, it, it, it's, it's, it's not just about the SNAP program. We, get, we, we have to improve that program, and we have to increase the benefit. But it is about much, much, much more. And, by the way, as we're doing this, we also need to pay attention to the issue of nutrition. So, yeah, we want to make sure that people are not food insecure. We also want to make sure people have access to nutritious food because, you know, we don't want to solve one problem only to create another problem. So, you know, providing people food that's not nutritious, um, you know, um, again, results in uh, health care challenges that, quite frankly, are very costly uh, and uh, increased suffering amongst uh, individuals.
0: Congressman, what are your hopes for um, nominee Tom Vilsack coming back to the Department of Agriculture? What would what are what are your hopes and what perhaps are insights that you would offer to, for him for taking another round at the Department of Agriculture?
1: Well, look, I know Tom Vilsack, and he's a good, uh, honorable, uh, decent man. And um, he did a lot of good at the Department of Agriculture. Um, I have to be honest with you, you know, uh, I didn't know he was uh, thinking of coming back. And, you know, I I had thought that someone like Marsha Fudge or Kathleen Merrigan uh, would have been, uh, you know, know, were were two people that I was... um, uh, pushing. But nonetheless, I mean, I, I think he's a, you know, I, I guess my, my advice to him would be, uh, you know, think big. Uh, you know, Biden has a mandate. Um, he won this election convincingly by over 7 million votes. Uh, and I would encourage him to get behind some of the suggestions that I have passed on to the president-elect and the vice president-elect. I mean, you know, prioritize th- this issue of hunger. Get behind appointing, you know, get, get behind the idea of, of, of having a point person Kind of organize, um, and coordinate around this issue within the administration. Get committed to this, uh, White House conference on food, nutrition, and hunger. I would like to see that conference, quite frankly, happen in 2022. I mean, we should have a year of planning and field hearings and, again, bringing everybody to the table. Uh, people who are, you know, who are struggling with issues of food insecurity and hunger. Uh, you know, the food banks, uh, uh, the, and, uh, you know, the, uh, our hospitals, our, our schools, our businesses, our nonprofits. I mean, I, I, anybody who has any potential relevance to this debate, our farmers uh, need to be at the table. Let's bring everybody together and develop a plan. You know, Hillary Clinton used to say it takes a village. Uh, she was right, but you know, um, uh, you know, I say it takes a plan. And again, in, in that in that group that would be convened, would also be people who are on SNAP. Uh, but, you know, look, I I, I I don't want this administration to pay uh, lip service to the challenge of hunger in this country. Uh, you know, Enough politicians on both sides of the aisle have been doing that for too long. I mean, we have a moment to actually do something meaningful. Um, and quite frankly, I think if we do it right, we can build some bipartisan support on this. Uh, but uh, we, we, we have to. We, we have to prioritize this this has to be uh, something more than just a press release or hey I you know I I, I increase snap benefits it's, it's got to be more than that
0: what are your thoughts about the food box program and is that something that you would continue in this new administration
1: yeah well I mean the food box program has has been fine you know it is a little bit um, uh, I, I've had some constituents that have you know, raised issues that it, sometimes they think, you know, with the, with Donald Trump's name on everything that it seems a little bit, uh, more, more of a political advertisement sometimes. But nonetheless, I mean, I think the food box pro- uh, program has helped a lot of people. Um, there's been, a, there's been some issues about its distribution and, you know, uh, my state and others have, you know, have complained about, you know, not, not, not having enough access to it. But look, the food box program highlights the inadequacy of the current safety net. I mean, the answer to ending hunger in this country is not going to be the food box program. You know, there are some systemic issues that are going to have to be discussed and dealt with, and obviously some programmatic uh, changes, as I mentioned, some in SNAP. But, uh, you know, I we, we have to get away from this notion that the only way you're going to solve hunger is, you know, by passing out food boxes or, quite frankly, relying on uh, charities and food banks. I mean, you know, they help deal with the immediate crisis, but we need to figure out how to solve this in the long in the long term. If we funded existing nutritional programs, you know, I don't think we would need a food box program. But we need to go beyond that. You know, when you think about it, you know, we're the richest, most influential country in the world, and we have a hunger problem. And every one of us in Congress should be ashamed by that reality. And, and, and one of the things that I am absolutely certain of is that this is a solvable problem. And it is solvable in a relatively short period of time if we establish the political will to tackle the issue. The issue of hunger is solvable. This is not rocket science. This is about political will. Politicians are the problem. They have been the problem on this issue, you know, for as long as I have been in Congress. And we need to address that.
0: You chair the Executive Commission on China, so what's your recommendation to this new administration and their dealings with the Chinese?
1: Well, um, my recommendation would be that that they should avoid the the the, the harsh rhetoric and the the, the the constant trade war tantrums that we have seen, um, you know, happen, you know, under this administration. Um, and try to figure out a way, you know, to, uh, you know, to get a more reasonable policy, you know, for for our farmers. I mean, the bottom line is, you know, we, we need to get back to making sane decisions about trade. Uh, and, you know, this outgoing administration's approach to helping farmers didn't really help anyone the way they claimed it would. I mean, they helped the largest producers, but quite frankly, what I worry about is the medium-sized farms and the small-sized farms. And China unfortunately has become some an adversary i I co-chair the human rights commission i'm constantly highlighting how china exploits labor uh... in a way that violates the human human rights of uh... of their people but we we have to we 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 have to move away from this, this this kind of confrontational approach where nothing gets resolved and understand that we need to rely a little bit more on diplomacy i'm not saying it's going to be easy but I, I, I feel that making a fuss uh, about how bad China is, and I'm not here to defend China at all, but not trying to figure out a way to resolve those problems uh, has not been particularly productive. So I, 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 just, I just want a more grown-up, more mature, uh, more realistic approach to, to China. China, again, it, we have to approach them very carefully. We, we, it, we, they, they have been our adversary but clearly, we, we we need to be in a better position than we are right now,
0: Congressman. I want to thank you very much for taking time from your schedule to spend with us on this edition of Open Mike. It is Open Mic, and today you have the last word, sir.
1: Well, I guess my last word uh, would be kind of where we began on this issue of hunger. I mean, I hope that uh, those who are listening to this will, you know, will will join in the effort to uh, to try to get the next administration to make hunger and food insecurity and nutrition a major priority. Um, Get behind this idea of a hunger czar or a food secretary, but get behind this idea of of getting the White House to do a conference on food, nutrition, and hunger. Uh, Even if people you know, disagree, the bottom line is if we get this issue resolved, we're going to help people and we're going to save a lot of money. And I would like to think in divided Washington that solving hunger is something that should bring us together and focusing on food ought to bring us together. It helps people who are struggling, it helps our farmers, it helps our country, uh, and I think we have a moral obligation to move in that direction. So, again, thank you for the time and uh, look forward to talking with you soon.
0: Our thanks to Massachusetts 2nd District Representative Jim McGovern, our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by Healthy Hives, Bayer's Bee health Research Initiative. Since 2015, Bayer's Healthy Hives Research Initiative has worked to help beekeepers around the world improve the health of their colonies. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Daly.